Good morning, fellow Gooners. Welcome to another episode of Canada Talk. I'm your uh, morning and my close as usual, Aiden. How's it, guys? Lots to discuss. Exciting podcast. You must not stop talking nonsense until you hear that voice cracking your way. <laughs> but back to the serious business. Um, yeah, I mean, like, look, we're ready for for lift off. Arsenal man sitting in the community shield. Um, look, the scene was set last weekend. Um, weather fantastic in London, and I mean, playing on the only ground that is Wembley Stadium. And I mean, with the curtains, I used to the the start of the new seasons. Almost like you can already get that that you know that start of the season vibes already going through one. Um, Arsenal, Man City were, I think, uh, Man City were only missing uh, Nathan Ake, and um, while Arsenal were, uh, you know, missing uh, no uh, Jesus, Jorginho, El Nene, and Balogun. Um, what was your thoughts like going in, like especially like seeing the lineup or the lineup setups of, of both teams? It's really interesting to see Arsenal's lineup. Like to see, you know, Timber going kind of as a left back, and I was, you know, good to see that. You kind of had that party rice combination, and then um, you know, Harvard had a suspicion that he was probably going to end up playing number nine. And you know, I think it's probably a team that you look besides Timber at left back. You wouldn't maybe be too surprised about if I'm now looking at it. Mm. Uh, I don't know what your thoughts were on on looking at that eleven. I mean, for me, I think. Uh... Now, this is almost like, you know, the, the kind of ace in the hole also because like, nobody's really taking note of him. I mean, like, everybody, like, kind of mocks him. And look, the, the, the comments are going into the game. And even, like, uh, the, the sort of performance in-game. It, it was also, like, very, you know, 50-50 with the Arsenal fan base. But I just thought to myself, I mean, uh, what he was doing or his aspect of the game, you can actually sort of see the sort of picture that, that Arteta has in mind of him because... The minute, he, like, you know, when we were uh, reverting to the long ball, he was, like, you know, seeing to it that, look, we're still going to discuss, like, how the game was on the plan out, pan out in, in, in match. But, I mean, you have to see what was, what sort of aspects and, and, and things he was bringing to, like, you know, to the game to get us on, like, back into it. Because, as I said, like, as we go on to the game now, I mean, the game kicks off at a frenetic pace. And, I mean, look, Man City already has the upper hand from the get-go. And, I mean, for me, it was... The sort of feeling that was going through me was, you know, they seemingly just continued the way they finished off last season. Yeah, like the Chagger, no, it just didn't stop. No, like, you no, know, no. you thought there was a bit of a, going to be a bit of a weakness in the team. I mean, like you said, they started quite fast, you know, Arsenal. Whether, you would say, you know, looking at it in the beginning, you're thinking that Arsenal, you know, was shell-shocked or whatever when the city was second the fourth, but it was almost like Arsenal didn't want to commit too much bodies, you know, yeah. throw at the position, just like they were just kind of trying to, like you always said, you know, like a boxer, just kind of maybe, you know, maybe trying to just keep the fists up, just kind of trying to see, you know, what what's it you're going to throw at them. Because I'm like, look, look, you saw it like that way now. Like for me, my concern was again, look, for me, it's like, you know, we're really slow out of the blocks. But as you said, like that, your version of it is like a way bigger picture of, you know, how it was going to play out. Because I think Arsenal were like going to eventually just feel them out and see, you know, what they're going to have to offer. And rather than, you know, give up the possession game, let them, you know, do whatever. And then from then on, and I mean, as I said, from after the 25th minute, Arsenal started looking like they were, you know, waking up. Uh, ben White bursting down the inside channel of, of um, the left back. 
I think it was the kanji. And I mean, he ends up setting up Harvard, but I think the, the pass was more behind Harvard. It was rushing forward. So it was more like a scuff shot at, at, at goal. But I mean, Ortega managed still to pull off a save. And then by the time... And that wasn't he, it was his right foot also? Or, or yeah. like Saka's, uh, right, yeah, it was right foot. And with a follow-up shot, ends up smashing the ball straight into um, Stones' uh, chest. Martinelli shot reminded me of what he did against United, you know, and I thought maybe he was going to bury that opportunity. But, um, you know, speaking about Havertz, like, you could see that Ali was used to, like, almost beat that press of Man City, that man-to-man press, because yeah. Ali just played over the top. You know, he's quite strong, actually. He, he's stronger than a lot of people get credit for, because you can yeah. just see him you know, winning that ball in the air, holding it up, and then you see that Martinelli and Saka kind of running off him. And I think what, what I mean, I don't know if you picked up also on it, but I think what the likes of, of Diaz and even John Stones were eating, like when that ball was getting played, like when we would say revert to the long ball every now and then, uh, he puts himself in such awkward positions. I mean, that you as a defender, you can't really see the ball right at the almost like the end or until he's like either chasing the ball down or, you know, holding up play. Because, I mean, you're either going to have to go right through Havertz or you're going to just get almost, like, obstructed by him the like, constantly with his, like, his lanky figure. Yeah, I know. It was, it, was it was a refreshing, you know, change of pace, you would say, in terms of, you know, what what what, what our number, so-called number nine for the day was offering, you know. You could knock the ball up to him and he wasn't scared to play with his back towards the goal. And I mean, also by that time, also when I started to figure out City and also force them into their own half, where they had to, you know, like do their little intricate passing, still within their own half. Then 40th minute, uh, Saka ends up skinning Akanji, sends in the ball to Havertz. The German fires the ball, but I mean, there's time straight at Ortega in the City goal. Yeah, I know the confidence is made. Ortega seemed like he was, you know, making amazing saves, but I mean, you know, Havertz was putting the ball straight at him. Yeah. Then 43rd minute, Rodri ends up spotting Ramsdale away from his line and then ends up hitting an audacious 45-yard. I mean, it has Ramsdale kind of scrambling back to his goal and the ball ends up landing on top of the net. Yeah, I, I was a bit panicked. It gave me the shades of sporting Lisbon almost. <laughs> yeah. I did vibe as well. Uh, then second half, uh, 52nd minute, Stone ends up Testing Ramsdale from a, a corner. Then, 71st minute, uh, sub uh, Cole Palmer, he ends up uh, carving out his own chance, but I mean, he ends up getting the. I think he shot, by the time he lets go of his shot, Timber's already there to make the deflection, to uh, deflect the ball for a corner. It was a good interception by Timber. I mean, you could see what it meant to the players. Like, you, people were like, you know, con- like, was congratulating him almost. And I'm trying to go back to, you know, when Haaland got subbed. It just shows what we missed the back end of last season with William Saliba at the back end. Yeah. Just that, that that presence of his, how he was just knocking Haaland all the time. And I think maybe he also went to, um, you know, the drawing board of a way to improve on certain things because the way he was man-handling Haaland, I didn't see that, you know, maybe besides what Rodrigo was doing, but... Other than that, it seemed quite um, quite good how he was putting um, Alan under pressure and putting him off all the time. And you, but you could also see the difference of what happens when Kevin De Bruyne comes on the pitch. 
I mean, like you notice also with, with uh, Saliba, he's got like crazy upper body strength. I mean, the way he can yeah. hold people off or, you know, bump people off the, uh, like the, the, the ball. Because, I mean, I found it also very interesting that that foot race between him and, and Haaland, where, look, he knew he can't just, you know, dive in with a tackle since it was like a counter-attack. But he knew if he was going to just jockey him long enough, there will be enough players to track back. And by that time, when when you start when the Arsenal squad also started falling back, I don't know. The only option I had was really to go play the ball back into his own half again. Yeah, and then there's another thing that, that, that I liked. Um, there's something you always mentioned about Shaka. Like you know, Shaka's legs. You felt that it wasn't. You know, I would obviously sad when Shaka left. That disappointed because you had almost like a, a important part of the team last season, but. There was a time when, um, when you said, you know, Xhaka's legs, you know, you can see sometimes he can't keep up with the pace of the game or it's fading yeah. off. But that when Bernardo Silva, like, breaks away or he thinks he breaks away and you just see Declan Rice come sprinting <laughs> like that and get, <laughs> knocks, get visible and knocks, it, knocks him like you see he still falls over, but, like, he doesn't complain, um, Silva. But, I mean, it just shows that difference that, that Rice is going to add in that midfield. That moment right there for me. Um, then seventy seven minute Arsenal, you know, ring the changes and I mean by that time, uh Tierney is now on in, in place of Timber. And I think you could also sense you know uh, Tierney coming in at that point of the game where City were was like kind of sort of in ascendancy again. Uh he ends up uh I don't know, he almost like overcommits himself when when uh, Cole uh, Cole Palmer's running at him with a ball. <coughs> ends up almost like overrunning his his uh it's almost like he's defensive to tackle. And then by the time Cole Palmer ends up cutting inside uh, Ken Tierney, he ends up just sending a bend into the top corner and Ramsdale has no chance of 1-0 City. Yeah, you know, I, I was like, oh, man. Yeah. I mean, for me, it was... I kind of thought... Yeah? yeah. No, 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 I mean, I just thought it's so typical. I mean, even though we play well and you get sucker punched like this again, like, against him. So it's like you... you look, you were really have a, a pretty crappy record against them. And now to, you know, even in a competition like this, uh, the community issue, to also give up again a, a sort of goal. I mean, look, it's a good goal, fantastic goal. But for me, again, like, you know, a sort of defensive lapse in, in judgment, like, you know, cost us again. Yeah, and I, I, what I do think, you know, I um, thought again of, of um, what you said, because... You know, when City at that Palmer Square, I was disappointed, but I thought, you know, you know, I guess we we, we couldn't ask for like a kind of a better performance in worded comments. Like, I mean, because you know, we put the effort in, normally the game was done and dusted at this point, but you know, we showed fights and yeah. you know, you just but I just thought, you know, party as well was very silly with the manner in which he just dived in like that, you know, yeah. fold him as well, which which kind of kicked off that whole that whole attack. But you know, you, you just thought, like, easily maybe some part of you know, you could get the goal, but it wasn't like, you know, that, that belief was 100% there. We were just like, okay, you know, um, let's let's see what happens. But for me, I don't know, um, when that, 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 um, that um, you know, fourth official kept that board up, it's almost like there's a bit of belief in me because it's like Arsenal almost great from strength to strength as yeah. they were trying to push for that equalizer. Yeah, and I mean, look, by the 80th minute, Arsenal already brought the likes of Trussard and Ketia on. 
uh, to enter the fray. And then, I mean, it's the second minute, Ramsdale pulls off a world. He was saved to deny Foden, who could have, you know, almost like settled the whole game right there. Then 90 plus 11 minutes of the injury time, Arsenal having a last chance with a corner. Saka ends up, you know, whipping it in. It gets half cleared and Saka collects the ball. Lays it off to Trossard, who, you know, ends up with, with Trossard fainting, doing a little body faint to get himself into the box, to get himself also that little bit of space. And, I mean, he ends up <laughs> fly with his left foot. Not really the most powerful shot, but it ends up, Flicking off a kind of zip and deflects deflects pass. I'll take it. It's one one. Yeah, no, we'll take it. We'll take it. Yeah, I I, I couldn't believe my eyes at one one, and suddenly I felt you know that there's something in this game. You know, maybe we could even sneak one in before the final yeah. whistle. Because I mean, for me, like I didn't like you know when I was trying to to process the whole thing the way it was playing out. By the time that ball deflected and the ball was like just spinning itself over the line, almost like a billiard ball. And I'm like, am I really seeing right? And I mean, my son was already jumping up and down in the living room. And I mean, like when we were celebrating like crazy, but I mean, yeah, we were back in the game and off to penalty shootouts. You could actually see the um, anguish in, in Pip's face, you know, and, he, and like Pip actually showed his frustrations and, you know, he's even a bit panicked. You would say not obviously like you know, to a point where he like stressed out and stuff, but like where you know you could see like you know is Arsenal actually you know c- catching up to me now and then you know game going to the penalty shootouts. I uh, you know we don't always fancy Ramsdale between the sticks, but you know for some reason I felt that um, there was some sort of opportunity for us. Yeah, even by the time penalty shootouts came around. Uh, penalties by Odegaard, Trossard, Saka and Fabio Vera that you know, were good enough for us to see us on our way. While the likes of KDB ends up clipping the crossbar with his penalty. Uh, Silva ends up netting his and then Rodrigo <sighs> ends up having his saved by Ramsdale. I mean, which even surprised us, you know, like us. That can be very critical of Ramsdale at the, at the way he manages himself in the shootout. But I mean, that, that explosion came to a fine person also to Round the game of, I mean, Fabio Vieira's like second shootout, where he has to take the decisive one and he ends up burying it with ease. Yeah, I know. There's a, there's a good a good penalty. Uh, and I think, um, you know, becoming the, for lifting the first piece of silver, I, I never know whether, like, I mean, like, I was even like Googling. <laughs> Um, um uh, like like does the community shield count as a trophy? And then I thought of players, you know, that like I Google like Robin Van Persie and I saw like okay, we won the 0405 community shield when we beat United 3-1. So they classified that as under um under the achievement or or, or honors. Yeah. So I was like, okay, no, then maybe this is then a, a trophy, a, a minor one, albeit but trophy it is. No, but I mean, like, I know Rio Ferdinand was trying to, you know, take the piss out of Arsenal and a few other ex-United people. And yet, I thought to myself, there was, like, I mean, I'm glad Arsenal fans, look, they've got memories like elephants, so, I mean, they were end up digging old community shield pictures of Ferdinand and all. They were, they were celebrating with champagne and, you know, with, the, you know, they would dress up for a major, major, Final dressed up like that, 
you know, celebrating the, the uh, win. So, I mean, for me, it's like, you know, something to really put as a mark against Man City, showing them that, you know, not only we could go toe-to-toe with them, but also frustrating to a point where we now kind of, I'm not saying we got the number yet. I mean, it's going to still take a while yet, yet for that. But, I mean, it was actually good to put that sort of showing in against, the, you know, the treble champion. Yeah, no, we, we, we were ourselves proud. I was thinking to myself, you know, this was the best team in the world last season, you know, by a long shot, actually. And to, to be able to go toe-to-toe with him, like you say, you know, yeah, we got a bit lucky with the, with the extra extra time. Because I don't know where, to be honest, I don't know where that eight minutes came from. I know they didn't try that thing that they didn't get up, but I still don't know where really that eight minutes really came from. But, you know, Trossard was also a bit lucky with the deflection, but it was like we grinded um, the game out and then Stuart Robson. I don't know who you were, but I Stuart Robson as the commentator. Yeah. He was kind of saying, um, you know, this Arsenal side just really doesn't give up. And he was saying it all the time, and then, you know, we equalised, so... You know, they, they do show a bit of a lot of fighting spirit. Yeah. So now we move on now to Arsenal Nottingham Forest today to, you know, like the, the song by, by DJ Tiesto before the World Cup last season. Uh, that let's get down to business. I think uh, you can actually say that now is we're going to open our 23-24 campaign against Nottingham Forest um, at the Emirates. Um, we could see a very, uh, you know, familiar face also in the opposition ranks today. With Matt Turner, you know, clinching his transfer to uh, the city ground. He might be sitting with his medal around his neck still. It's so fresh. <laughs> That's true. Um, look, Arsenal will also want to hit the ground running in this fixture. And I mean, look, Forrest also have now three casualties going into this game with uh, Felipe, uh, Niakate and Taiwu. And I mean, look, Taiwu was the one that gave us so much problems at the city ground when we played him. I think he ended up scoring also against us. Yeah, I think he scored the winner, yeah. So, I mean, so, yeah, go on. No, no, I'm just saying it's going to be a, a good a good um, thing for Arsenal to get the, like you said, get the ground running because um, if you look at what City did last night, you know, they just brushed yeah. um, Burnley aside. So, you know, if Arsenal can kind of say to, to the City, you know, here we are now as well, you know, we're going to kind of take you guys on, you know, toe-to-toe, we will... We will win three 0 or three 0 plus. But do yeah. you think we go with the same starting lineup as the Community Shield? Um, I'm not just trying to think because look, this time around I heard well, like Arsenal will have uh, Jorginho back and Zinchenko back. So, you know, do we switch Timber to right back and Ben White? Up? <laughs> that's, I mean, I think that's actually the biggest question, and then you know to allow Zinchenko in. But I just think Zinchenko has had no. Um, no real football, if you think of it. So, I use it on a risk that, you know, that side of things. And look, that, look, he saw, Zinchik also had, uh, during the, the, the off season, he also had a recurring injury of that thing that put him out for the last few games of last season. So, and like, if you think of what happened last night to Kevin De Bruyne, who was almost like rushed back yesterday. And look, he's now, from what, what Pip said yesterday in the press conference, he's going to be out uh, quite a while now. Right. So, Ramsing again. Yeah, 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 but I mean, I'm just saying, like, you risk that now with no with Zinchenko, or do you like you know, almost like feed him in slowly into the game, say uh, three quarters of the way into the game, then you let him, you know, get to like a cameo, like a fifteen or half an hour. 
We've got to a point now with this Arsenal squad where there's no real need to really force anybody back in, like unless it's a you know big big game. But you know, Zinchenko hasn't had much of a preseason. He hasn't you know played much, like you said. And the fact that we're gonna have to just force it back into the team. Also, what messages it sent to the rest of the guys? I think Timber should. I mean, you have Tierney or Timber that you can start at yeah. left back. And if you're going to um, throw Zinchenko in, like you said, you could make two more harm than good. And it's not, I don't think it's necessary at, at this point. Yeah. Um, look, now we move on to uh, talking points. Okay, like just a couple I have. Um, look, David Raya, that the whole thing now, what was your thoughts? I mean, because. One minute we're about to sign him like on a permanent deal, and the next minute comes uh, we're signing him on a one uh, season, uh, yeah, one season loan, which costs us three million. And then it's almost like a case of uh, try to buy, uh, you know, you, you try on to decide to whether you're going to buy. So it's like uh, the, 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 we get then, of course, first dibs on, on signing him for 27 million, which is like the fixed price. Then. No, I definitely think it's a better option, maybe because you know, do you do you really get um, Ramsdale kicked out? Not kicked out, but you sign um, Raya and you know Ramsdale, and then having two top number ones. I think now you you kind of get to to see you know how does it work out? Can the two of them coexist together? Do I, do you think Raya is your number one? Do you think Ramsdale is your number one? I think it, it, it's a it's a cheap experiment to try yeah. because if it works out, you know, you you buy Raya. If it doesn't work out, you send him back on his way to to Brentford. Yeah, because I mean, it, it, I think all three parties will actually benefit because uh, they could uh, Brentford could now extend his, his deal by <laughs> season. Arsenal will now know. Look, the fixed price will always be now twenty seven million. Which they can walk away with, and you know, still hold the, the the cash in the bank. And I mean, with Raya, the, the you know everything is then still open to him, and it's not restricted to anything. Yeah, no, it's a. I think it's a, it's a good move. It, it, you know, you could have paid twenty seven million for him now, and it didn't work out, and you're sitting there with a the liability. You know. Yeah. Um. Then of course, other news also with regards to. Balogun again, Inter Milan withdrew because I think it was a kind of two insulting offers that they, uh, you know, wanted to give Arsenal for for uh, <laughs> And then of course Monaco have now come in with their bid. The first one was, was rejected, but they also now did make known to Arsenal that there is a, another bid coming in over this weekend. Now. Yeah, you know, you know, we spoke about the Balogun Getty thing that you wanted someone, you know, that's young and I'm coming to maybe even, you know, give Jesus a, a run or, or you bring in a, a young and up and coming striker that's giving um, Getty a, a run also. But once you saw how Havertz played in that number nine role, suddenly a person's perception changed and thought, you know, maybe it's not a bad guy to to, to play as an understudy for for Jesus. I mean, you also have a guy like Ketia in there as well. But yeah. you know, you know, what is your take on that? Do you do you still go out for another striker, 
Or do you think, you know, the verdict is, you know, while Asmus is injured now that, you know, how much does over the next few games before maybe a deadline day, you know, shot trolley dash for a striker? My take is so, look, keep covered where, you know, he was key and vital to um, to Leverkusen. No, you know, no, you keep him that type of sense because it was like a cam or sometimes there's an alternative as a false nine. But I, I still think you need a sort of forward that's going to have a sort of caliber that, look, I, look, I know for a fact, look, we're not going to buy a hundred mil type striker now for this window because I think we've now, you know, spent the cash that, that should have been spent in the direction that you wanted to go. And I think the big money is going to come for a striker next season. But I just think we should, you know, to be on the safe side, get a sort of forward that has that potential to be, say, somebody big, but can also take that sort of workload and contribute, you know, bigly to, to our ambitions. Because I, I still think sometimes we get here fall short here because the goals come, you know, almost like in fits and starts. Yeah. I want more consistency. Look, we're at the stage now of, of the season as, as, as Gooners as well, where you want to see a sort of, of, of run of, like, you know, we we in Ketia scores maybe once every, say, two or three games and not once every eight or nine games. You know, that is my, like my personal take on things. Yeah, you know, I, I think you're 100% spot on there. The thing that you mentioned also after the game on Sunday is that if we can have a striker that, you know, that, that craves goals, you know, a guy that, you know, I'm not saying he's going to be selfish, but, you know, that he's upset with himself if he doesn't find the back of the net. Someone that kind of just, you know, is he, he, he loves to score goals. I think I think you could have a very dangerous Arsenal side. Then, I mean, even if it's a, a youngster, but I mean a youngster that you know, always looks to 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 get onto something and and maybe has a bit more pace and instinct and get here. And I mean, I, like if you can recall also with with say the Invincibles. I know who's always hopping on about it, or sometimes people get annoyed. Uh, with, with Arsenal fans when we bring this up. But I mean, look, if, if Henri couldn't play, you knew, say, a Voltorp was there to, to pitch up or a Kano would be there to yeah. chip because So you never had that real, oh, you know, you're biting on your nails and you on your edge of your seat. Whereas now, you know, like, look, okay, Jesus will contribute something, whether it's assisting or scoring. But now can you really expect that, say, from Ketia or whatever? I mean, I'm not trying to, you know, say, slag him off, but I'm just saying, if you're in the situation now, because look, we're not starting to fight with the big fish now in, in the leagues. So, I mean, you also need that sort of mentality to go, like, you know, with your backup players as well. Needs to be of that sort of caliber that's going to, you know, score. You, you know, uh, um, I've been looking at a lot of people's predictions, and I don't know, there's, I don't know, there's this United group that's a, uh, there's United podcasters or, or whatever they are, there's a group of people. And they, they said, like, yeah, they see Arsenal finishing eighth this season. And I just read, like, some of the comments. It's like, it's, it's the same people that say, yeah, Arsenal's going to end fifth or outside the top four or eighth or whatever. At the end of the season, when Arsenal overachieve and, you know, fall short, maybe, and they say Arsenal are bottle jobs. I mean, my take is, I mean, look, I've watched Arsenal for, like, the teams. Look, Manchester United still look dangerous. Um, Villa look like they're going to be a surprise package. Newcastle look like they're also going to be, you know, quite dangerous. And I mean, I still can't make sense of. <clears throat> look, United have like in their mind also have had 
uh, say a solid preseason. But for me, some of the signings have also not really made sense. Yeah, and, no. And if you look at, at, at Chelsea again, they're still continuing with a lift off. They're just buying, buying, buying. And look, you can only buy as much. And then if that team is not going to gel, what are they going to do? Buy more? Yeah, I know that. Chelsea's team, you know, I'm not, I'm not really, really scared of like looking at that team on on paper. I mean, it's just a lot of guys just slapped together. It's like there's still no plan. Yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah. Maybe, maybe Pochettino has a plan up his sleeve, but I mean, that, that Casado thing as well was quite strange. You know, when, when Liverpool, you know, almost had him up on the in the sleeve, I thought like in this thing, you know, a very good side because <clears throat> almost like that midfield. It's almost sorted with McAllister. <clears throat> I don't know how to pronounce it, getting that guy's name properly with the S. And then, um, and then you had, yeah, and then you had Caicedo as well, which, you know, was probably a bit the midfield in Liverpool has had over the past few seasons, like collectively. So, you know, and then Harry Kane also, you know, moving off to Spurs kind of throws them off completely. I'm not Spurs, to, to buy in from Spurs. Kind of throws them off completely of what you know they they about. I mean, I, like for me, like when I watch, say the way United are doing business, it's almost like a team that that kind of so want to walk around like a, a you know proud as a peacock. But I mean, they don't have the finances like they used to have, so it's almost like they have to you know either wait to the ownership story because I mean that thing is also just dragging along. Then you've got like you know Chelsea, they they just buying for buy's sake, but. Is there ever going to be time for the team to grow and mold as a group together as a team? Because I just think that's going to be one hell of a project for for Pochettino. Because because I mean, look, most of these players are being signed up to like eight year contracts, and I mean, like with with regards to Liverpool, look, they're still going to have to really, if you think of it, they've lost like a chunk of experience now with Firmino, Henderson. I don't know which other guys have now all you know also departed. So Fabinho, a, yeah. Yeah, that's also going to take time to mold because you can already see the, the early stages. They're probably going to get overrun a lot in midfield. And so, I mean, it's going to be a fantastic test uh, tomorrow to see that the, also the Chelsea Liverpool game to see how they're going to fare when they go toe to toe. Yeah, no, both those guys are almost have not new teams, but they yeah. the old. It was like a it's going to be probably a draw there in that game, but. Um, Imagine to see that Casado rather chose to go to Chelsea than to Liverpool. Because right now, Liverpool, I would have rather you know, wanted to join Liverpool. Probably a better coach at uh, a better club on the up at this point. It's clearly probably um, money driven. Yeah, but I, I, from what I saw yesterday, Klopp still said I think he wants to have a, somehow like either one on one with the player's agents or the player. Because he still think he can maybe persuade him. Because I think it's also still down to that also. Like the persuasion part. Because I, I just think Chelsea probably gave him like, you know, a bigger piece of the pie. And then I think, I I just think he must go more for ambition. And, like, you know, Liverpool probably look uh, like a bit more poised. And I mean, look, as you said, it's both roughly like newer teams. But I still think that Liverpool have the sort of expertise that can still, you know, edge them again. Because I think they were just starting to click close to the end of the season. When most of their players started coming back, their key players. Yeah, no, I agree with you there. Yeah. So, do you have anything else to say before we end off the pod? No, no, nothing. Just hopefully that, um, you know, 
if I can say a result, hopefully you can get a 3-0 plus win today. Yeah. I just want, uh, you know, I want the crowd to be rocking, the stadium must be rocking. And I just want them to, you know, really put on a show for the fans, also to show, you know, this is the Arsenal. That is what I want. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, it's exciting times. I think something ahead for us. I've got the same vibes, bro. Uh, so, guys, I hope you enjoy the match later on today against Nottingham Forest. Take care. Enjoy the match. Bye. Enjoy, guys.